0: Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Come on. Come on. Give him a good shout of praise. Come on. Let him know that he's the king. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone said, you better not praise the Super Bowl louder than you praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Good to be in a live church. Amen. God woke you up this morning. Amen. Amen. You may have woken up on the wrong side of the bed, but you made it to the house of God. Amen. Before I have a seat, turn around, greet your neighbors. Let them know it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Just want to welcome you here. We have anyone new here this morning. You want, can you raise your hand? Just let us know that you're visiting. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you back there. Amen. Uh, before you leave, uh, we have a couple uh, tables set up out in the front. I think out in the, in the patio area. Uh, let us know. You know, uh, just uh, say hello to us. And uh, just, uh, we want to welcome you on behalf of our lead pastor, Ruben Reyna, we want to welcome you. Those who've tuned in this morning to watch us, amen, welcome you as well. And just, uh, uh, just a reminder that at the end of the service, we're going to have communion. So if you're watching us from home, you want to uh, join us in communion, get yourself uh, some cracker or bread or something, some juice or something, and uh, that way you could be part of uh, communion this morning. Amen. Hallelujah this morning I have the honor of ministering um, We did a series years back, and it was dealing with marks of maturity it's the goal of the christian it's the goal of of the of the believer to mature in Christ amen how many how many want to grow in the Lord? How many want to see God just do great things in your life? but part of that is you, you and I uh taking uh, the responsibility upon ourselves to do these things. Whether it be one of the areas that we do, one of the marks of maturity is in prayer and commitment and love. But this morning, I want to speak on foundation. Foundation. One of the marks of maturity is establishing a foundation in your life. Amen? So, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of, of Matthew Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven. It was in 1174 that they contracted a builder to build a a tower. This tower is is famous. You'll see a lot of people will, when they visit this tower, they all post up pictures uh, where they act like they're holding it up. It's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And this tower was built, but one of the things that they noticed early on is that it started to tilt. It started to tilt uh, almost 18 feet. So throughout the centuries, they've had engineers, uh, professionals, people who've all, uh, trying to find a way to bring it to a point where it won't fall. But one of the, one of the things that they discovered was, is that it was in the process of building this tower that they did not take the time to build a proper foundation that eventually it will fall when nobody knows but people travel to this destination throughout the year, and I mean, uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people just want to see this tower and, and, the, and the, the fact that it's still able to stand even though it's leaning to a certain degree. And I believe that as Christians, that one of the areas that God is uh, challenging us uh, in this day is to establish the foundation, what we build on. Because if we're going to be that church that uh, are that people of God who are going to continue on and see the greater things of God in our for our lives, it's going to be the foundation that we set marriages, marriages that start off uh, out out of a, a superficial is like, oh, man, she's so beautiful. Oh, man, he's so fine. He's, you know, he's all this and all that. But one of the things is that we change. Your appearance is going to change over the year. You are we're we're going to age. We are going to you know we are going to be uh, uh, mature. Amen. If I for for lack of <laughs> we're we're going to mature. But if you don't have a foundation, if there's not a foundation of love there, then you, you will automatically see that some of these relationships they don't last. And that's why divorce is at a high percentage. Even among Christians, it's among 30 30 plus percent. In the secular world, it's in the great uh, 50s. Why? It's because how it started is not how it's ending. And foundation is everything. And I believe that it is important that we evaluate, that we fortify, and that we check for weak areas and anything that might cause a destruction down the road. Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount. The Bible says that there was, uh, they estimate between ten to 15,000 people. And this audience is all gathered. And one of the parables is, is, is that when Jesus starts to explain to the people, was is that, because people would wonder, was it like, why is he always speaking in parables? Because those who were set to understand would get it. They would have an understanding that when you have that relationship that you're building with Christ, you will start to be opened up and you will start to be able to discern what God is trying to instruct you on. How, that's how sometimes that when now that you're walking with the Lord that you will see that man, you know what? I've read that scripture many times. How many ever read the Bible when you weren't serving Jesus? Come on, now. I mean, if I was to take a poll, how many of you stole a Bible from a hotel? I think there would be more hands here. Out of curiosity, you would read the Bible, but you didn't understand it. But then when you became a born-again Christian, when you, when you aligned your, 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 your life with God, you started to see a scripture and read it, and it was starting to come to life to you. And you would say, oh, that's what that means. Or you attend a Bible study or you you hear a message and the, and the minister brings it out and he starts to break it down and then you start to get a greater understanding. So he's speaking these parables. And when Jesus was speaking this parable, he was speaking to a people who were very common with the weather. Because you see that... Uh, when 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 the weather is like it is today, I mean the forecasts uh, over the last couple of days were this is going to be the worst storm that we've had, and this morning I was as I was getting ready, it's like you know one inch an hour, and I'm thinking, my God, twelve inches by the end of the, the evening, you know, so so we're 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 accustomed to it, we're accustomed to being told what to expect, but the people of this region, they were familiar with the floods. They were familiar with the downpours and and, and how it would affect their area of where they lived. So when Jesus was explaining to them this parable in Matthew, he brings out three things that they would understand. The first thing would be the house, the sand, and the rock. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, read it with me. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat down on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man, say foolish man, who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat down on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, for those who gathered here today, Lord, I pray, Father, Lord God, that our hearts are open, our ears, Lord God, are receptive to your voice, Father. Lord, we're mindful of your presence this morning, God, I pray, Father, for those who are Tuned in this morning to watch us. Father God, that your anointing flow through the airways as well, Father, that you would just challenge us this morning and that you would stir us up, Lord God. I'm careful to give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said, these people of this region were familiar with the with with the the element and how devastating it could be to to their homes to their their this is ancient palestine that i'm speaking of see the one of the things that where I, I want to convey is, is that it's important that jesus is not teaching a parable on how to build a mega house how to build a, 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 it, it's always referencing back to our condition Always going back to how we walk with him, how we are to better have an understanding of what God is is trying to uh, convey to the church. So he starts it off uh, with uh, two builders and he notes this. He says that the, both of these individuals are hearing his words, but only one of them will act on it. Only one of them. It's almost like parents. When you tell your children what needs to be done, there's always that one who thinks that they could get away with less. Amen. If you're not laughing, you were that one. (laughs) Mom didn't really mean it. She's not going to take away the game. She's not going to do this. She's not going to do that. But there's always that one kid that's overachieving. There's always that one kid that's like, no, I know mom. I'm the firstborn. I know mom. I know mom will hold to her truth. It's always, it's, you know, the reason why you have rules is because of the middle child. Amen. It's the middle child. That youngest one that can get away with murder, who could get away with everything. It's the reasons there's rules is because of the middle child. The first child, you learned your lesson. You learned your lesson. By the time it came to the middle one, okay, rule number one. And then it's that last child who thinks they could get away with he, oh, their mom, they're just messing with you. No, because the first one felt the hand. <laughs> but the two builders that he's speaking about and the one that acts on it, the first thing that, he, that we must understand, and you write this down, is the house. What is the reference to the house? The house is, is referencing your life. Your career, your church, your marriage, your ministry, and the value that you place on it. If you want a, a, a healthy, productive marriage, you have to build on it. You have to build on it. There's always going to be a push and shove. There's are, there are some areas that you feel that, you know what, I'm not being heard. I'm not, you know, but those, are, those are times where you need to get together and talk things out. I say this to young couples who want to get married, that when you get together, you see them at their very best. You see them when they're at their best. You don't know what they're like. You never, you never had a length of time being with them, waking up to them, seeing their flaws, all these things. But when you see them, it's like, how do you react? Like you might say to yourself, man, I didn't know that they slept with their eyes open. It's just freaking me out. You know, and you want to, like, just, like, close them for them. Or, you know what? I didn't know that she walked in her sleep. And these are the things that you find out and that you have to, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Or, or you know what? Uh, he slurps his soup, and it drives you nuts. You know, there, there's a lot of things that, as a kid, you know what? we pick up habits, boys, I'm talking about boys, men, but, but see, men are still little boys. (laughs) They're still little boys, and so, when we get married, you know, it's not your, it's not your spouse trying to correct, she's trying to show you the right way to do it, amen, like, as, as boys, you store all your dishes under your bed, so you get married and you think you're going to be able to do the same thing. They're like, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. No, no, we put dishes in the sink. In fact, better yet, you wash your dish. <laughs> and you do all these things. So you make adjustments. You make adjustments. So it's, it's building the foundation. It's like, where do I want to be? One of the things that I've noticed that is some of the houses in the local area that were built in the 60s, that a lot of them, I spoke to some of the people, they would say, man, I want them to sell my house, but I can't because my foundation is cracked. I have cracks that grow all through my foundation. So what was, what was the cause of that? Is that when they were being built, they compromised on materials. They didn't use the best. They just felt, we'll just cut costs. And see, the Christian that wants to compromise, the Christian that wants to cut corners will not build a solid foundation. Will not. You can fool us, but you will never ever fool God. You will never fool God because when that storm comes, the house that is built and that foundation is not solid... You will know where that person stands. You will always tell where an individual is is when they're going through a storm. Because the storm will always reveal what's inside. What you are built on. Where you stand. Do you run? Because the biggest thing that I've seen in in men between the ages of 18 to 35 is is that the quickest way to do it is, is to go get high. To go get drunk, to take the edge off, to, to do all these things that will numb you so you don't feel that pain. They don't have a foundation. They're not, their house is not solid because the storm's coming and it's being rattled, it's being shaken. How many felt that earthquake a while back? Two people. <laughs> oh, I got a pan way in the foyer back there. Amen. you know, I I could do with earthquakes. I love thunder and light. I love all that. I love that. My kids don't, you know. It freaks them out. Earthquakes, I could do. I don't don't move unless it's like greater than five or six. You know, I'll feel it. That ain't nothing. You know, but some people freak out. Freak out, man. It'll be like a 4.2, man, and they're like getting all the kids and taking tents and Want to go in the middle of the street till I, hey, go back inside, man. It's good, it's good. This is California, we're used to this. But the houses, every time they experience a a quake, starts to move things. You know, I started to notice like a crack here, and that wasn't there. But it's a solid foundation. It's a solid foundation. So it's our lives, it's our church, it's our marriage, it's it's our ministry. See, when the pressures intensify from all angles, the outcome is determined by the foundation that you are built on. What you have. What you have. See, that's the whole objective of, of coming to church is for the leadership to bring you to a place that you have a solid relationship with the Lord. So we preach on preach, Uh, we preach on prayer, we preach on getting in your word, we preach on all these things, eliminating uh, unnecessary things in our life so we can draw closer to God. That's the whole objective, is that we bring the house of God, that we bring the people of God to a place in their life where they're solid, that they're solid, that every little trial that you're not all falling apart. Because we will have those times of unsettleness, of uneasiness, where we feel like, man, the walls are just caving in. But those are opportunities for you to turn to God. Those are opportunities for you to get on your knees and say, you know what, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the whole situation. But I know that you know. I know that you have a plan. I know that you will make things smooth. I know that you know my situation. You know the outcome. See, that's one of the things that I I, I really enjoy is the fact that whatever I'm going through, I know that the Lord knows the outcome. Even if I don't, even if I'm trying to figure out what's going on and I've had day after day of not getting an answer. But I say, Lord, I know, you know, you're showing me something. Lord, bring me to that point where I have an understanding. Sometimes it takes a few days. Sometimes you know what you don't get an answer, God. You know what I've I've come to understand? God doesn't have to give me all the answers. He doesn't. Sometimes there's just there's some things that you will never find out till you get to heaven. Why, God? Why? So what we do? We move on. We move on. And Jesus. must be the cornerstone, the cornerstone. Anyone who knows construction knows that before you set the foundation, there must be a corner point that you build off of that. And Jesus is referenced as the cornerstone. In 1 Peter chapter 2, turn with me there, verse 4 and 5, it says this. It says, Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone which men rejected and threw away, but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You, believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for the holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion, a chosen stone, a precious and honored cornerstone. See, Jesus must be our cornerstone. Not your knowledge, not your career, not your ministry, not any of those things will give you the satisfaction of having that foundation built on the cornerstone of Christ. It must be Jesus. It must have a, you must build that relationship with Jesus. See, one of the things that I've learned early on is that between me and my spouse, we must have our own individual relationship with the Lord. You cannot piggyback on your spouse into the kingdom of God. You cannot. The trials that we go through as a family we go through, but there are going to be personal trials that I go through that she will not experience. All she can do is pray for me. All I can do is pray for her. Lord, guide her through it. Lord, strengthen her. Lord, give her insight. But there are things that we go through as a family. But because our foundation is on Christ, our foundation is on the cornerstone that is being built. We have that solid foundation because we've weathered some storms. We've experienced death in the family. We experienced loss, great loss. But because our focus and our foundation was on Christ, we were able to get through it as a family. And you will, too. You will, too. See, Jesus being the living stone, believers are living stones as well, the Bible says. Construction costs and cheap materials will compromise. Compromise. See, if you look and study what's taking place in the modern church that's trying to form, you'll notice one thing, is there's compromise. How far we can get to the world without actually crossing over. How far? So they make it easy for you. They say, oh man, you don't have to drink beer, you could drink near beer. You know, you could dance at the Christian nightclubs and glorify God. You could do all these things. So you have people just like feel like, man, I, it's it's like I never left the world. See, there must be that separation there, though. There must be that 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 where you don't compromise. And this is the thing that I've, I've learned to understand is that you need to let people that you don't compromise. Because if they're constantly reminding you of what you can do, they're not getting it. You haven't voiced it. You haven't lived it out where you're showing them and you're telling them, this is who I am. Don't come to me with that nonsense. Don't come to me with all these, these uh, 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 cut corners that, that we can do. Because I live for God. I want to stand for God. I want to be be a living vessel in the things of God. I want to glorify God. Let my testimony glorify God. That when somebody looks at me, they say, that's an individual that walks with God. That's an individual that's building a house on a solid foundation. That's a non-compromising. Because there's the people in the world, the lukewarm people always know who to hang out with. They always know who they could, get, they could get an okay from. They always know who they can get a like from. They always know that who can side with them. They're, they're partners in crime. Your road dog, ride till you die. Because when you start to live for God and start becoming that peculiar person, you're too holy. I say this, what's wrong with being holy? When did holiness become unpopular? It only becomes unpopular is when we want to do what we do and not be held accountable for it. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. See, one of the things that I've learned is that so much emphasis is placed on image. What people see. I remember years back, the news was showing when we had one of these storms, and it was a well-known celebrity, multimillionaire, built a beautiful house right there in, in Malibu. But when the rains came, his beautiful house was down at the bottom of the hill, and then the newscaster said this he says man on the outside it looks beautiful you would never know that the foundation was horrible and that was the conclusion is that when this house was built as beautiful as it looked on the outside from the eye from the air this amazing mansion the foundation was horrible so when the flood came and the the mountains were were saturated with water that foundation just crumbled So, what is needed? It starts with the foundation, the cornerstone of Christ. Psalms 127 says this If the Lord does not build the house, it is useless for the builders to work on it. If God is not building that house, it's useless. See, Jesus must be the contractor. Jesus must be the builder. Jesus must give you his blueprint to follow. When you follow the word of God, when you follow the blueprint that the Lord has set out for you and I, we are able to build that solid foundation. Because when that storm comes, and it will come. See, there are some of you here this morning who are ready to come into your big storm. There are some of you here this morning who have come out of a big storm. And you're standing, you're here, you're, you're just glorifying God because you weathered it. I mean, some of the biggest storms that I've seen throughout the last several years is medical. Where somebody, some, some people, some people of God are just facing some really, really challenging things. There are some, there are some illnesses that have come upon some of God's people that are so rare. That I mean, they're like one in five hundred thousand contract this disease, and it's so rare that you know what medical personnel are thinking like, wow, this is. But you know what? God is setting you up to be glorified. God is setting you up. What we need to do is that foundation. Build on it. How do we build on it? By living a life pleasing to God. By getting in his word, by seeking his face, by trying to get so much of God consumed inside of us, that all that comes out of us is God, the word of God. See, you cannot bring out what's not being put in. You cannot. You can fake it till you make it. How's that working for you so far? So if he's not the builder, the builder builds in vain. 2 Timothy 2:19 says, "Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity." Timothy's here in Paul's writing, he says, "Look, the foundation of God stands sure. Paul knew. When you read the letters of Paul, Paul was always giving glory to God for the sufferings that he was going through. Because it's in those sufferings that you draw nearer to God. See, you're either going to draw nearer to God or farther from God. There's no in-between. You can't just sit there waiting for God. No, the closer you draw to God, the closer he's going to draw to you. So it's in those turmoils, it's in those trials of life that you're able to say, you know, God, I want to draw closer to you. And it's in those moments that you're waiting to hear that small, still voice that God's telling you that he's assuring you that I am with you. I will not depart from you. I am going through this storm with you as well. When you feel that, sometimes you can't help but feel the presence of God come upon you and you start to weep and you start to glorify God in your silence. See, there are some of us here this morning who have gone through some heavy things that you didn't voice it to nobody. But God saw that, and God comforted you. God brought you through that storm. And quietly, you would say to yourself, you know what, God? You are a good God. See, God's a good God, not because of you. God's a good God because he's always good. He's always good. He's always good. Even in your worst times, sometimes you just need to humor yourself and make yourself laugh and say, God, I don't know what... If this is funny to you or not, but I got to give you praise. I got to give you praise. And the last thing is the sand. The sand. We have the foundation, the sand, and the rock. The sand is the temporary foundation. How many here have ever built a sandcastle? Only to watch it get washed away are your demonic brother or sister who stepped on it like Godzilla, (laughs) amen? They're temporary. These are the sand castles. Verse 26, 27 says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and the beat down on that house and it fell and great was the fall. See, there are many types of sand. There's shifting sands. These are the latest phases. These are the things that are here today and gone tomorrow. There's the shallow sin. Judge what is appealing to the eye. It looks good. It has to be good. But we find out that it's not. And then there's the quicksand. All of self-righteousness. You might come to church. You're a hearer only. And you have hobbies. And this is your thing to do until you have something else better to do. You're a hearer. But Jesus is your option. He's something to do until something else better comes in your life. That's the quicksand. Then we have the rock, verses 24 through 26. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him a wise man who built his house on that rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat down on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So the question that we must ask ourselves today is, is my foundation solid? Is it solid? Am I building that solid foundation? David said this in Psalms 94, but the Lord is my defense and my God is the rock of my refuge. See, foundational Christianity is not the beauty of a building. It's the construction of the foundation that we all stand the test of time. That's what it's about. I could see buildings. Look at this building down in LA that all these taggers are tagging up. Billions of dollars, it's never completed. They stopped construction on that five years ago. It's beautiful on the outside, but how ugly it looks today. It's because we put so much emphasis on how we appear. How things look. Listen, if you're not feeling it, let God know. Don't care what everybody says. They're going to talk about you. Let them talk about you. Let them say what they say. You're this, you're that. You've been called worse. (laughs) This is where we grow a thick skin and we say, you know what? I'm not going to let all that chatter bother me. Sometimes you just need to remove things from your life. One thing I've learned is we need to forgive, but forgiveness doesn't equal friendship. You could forgive them, but they don't have to be that toxic individual in your life. Forgiveness does not equal friendship. Snakes only lose their skin. To become a bigger snake. Sometimes you just need to walk away from toxicity and just say, you know what? I can't be part of that. I'm going to live for God. Come hell or high water, my foundation, I need to build on it. So where is our foundation? Am I building on it? Is it on sand? Is it on the temporary things? That when the storms come, I'm gone. I want to be that person who builds on that foundation. And let the, the Lord be the cornerstone of our life. Every head bowed, every eye closed.